Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. Well, if you think about me during the week, please pray for me because I'm going to do a camp meeting on Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. We're going out to um, Todd and Daphne DeLay's church. They have their Word and Spirit conference. And uh, Tracy Harris is doing tonight, Monday night, and I'm doing Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And then who knows what will happen after that. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, uh, it must have been about uh, eight years ago, ten years ago, more than that, maybe 11 years, 13 years ago. We did a two-week revival in their church. And at that time, they were running probably 80, 100 people, like about what we do. We run about it. If every, uh, honest, honest to the Lord, if everybody that said Life Family Church was their home church and they all came at once, it would be full. That's the absolute truth. That's, I mean, that's on the books. Yeah. And so they were running probably 80 to 100 church, and we did a two-week revival in his church. And his church, because he, he knows how to pastor revival, his church went from the, the, the small building they were in, they built a 500-seat sanctuary on the property, and now they're running anywhere between three to 450, sometimes 500, depending what's going on. They're one of the largest churches in a town of 6,000. It nearly shut the local doctor down. That man cussed me. Can you believe that? Can you, man, can you believe that? that? That man cussed me? That's probably the, they're, and they're probably the reason why he cussed me is because all of his patients, the five of them lined up in one day to tell the doctor that put them on this medication, I don't need my medication, I've been healed. So by the third person, Okay, I don't understand what's going on here. Where you been? I went down to that revival. You mean to that red-headed, blankety, blank, 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 blank? Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine a doctor curse, cussing me? He lost his entire staff. His entire staff, medical staff, quit on him. Oh, it was, it was not good. And later on, he repented. He, he was sorry that he did that because he nearly lost his whole entire practice. Hallelujah. I guess when you start hitting somebody's pocketbook, man, that <laughs> kind of makes a difference, you know. Praise God. Yeah. So God is moving. So we're going out there to do some Holy Ghost meetings. Oh, how I love the Word and the Spirit. Can you say amen? Open your Bibles real quickly, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. We're going to take up this evening's tithes and offerings, and we're going to pick it up in about verse... 14, very familiar scripture, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. I read three translations, the Passion, the King James, and the Amplified. And for me particularly, the, the, the Passion really speaks to me. But you have to also read it in context because the Passion Bible is the, is the Aramaic translation. The Apostle Paul spoke Aramaic. So uh, that's where this translation, King James is like Hebrew, Greek and Hebrew, and the Amplified kind of amplifies the Greek and Hebrew. Okay, so we're reading out of the Passion. And, it, and there's some scriptures that make me go, hmm, okay, if I didn't know the Word of God, then... So you just can't read the Passion Bible alone in of itself. You need to read the King James too, and you also need to read the Amplified to get the whole counsel. Because some, some words in the original Greek and Hebrew can't, doesn't translate into English. Can you say amen? 
Yeah, so you got to get the, the whole meeting. And that's the reason why 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show the seller approved a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Amen? All right. So we'll, we're going to pick it up in verse um, 14. And very familiar. It says, again, heaven's kingdom's realm is like. Okay, so now if you want to know what heaven's going to be like, this should pick your ear up because Jesus is about to tell us what heaven is like. And, and a lot of parables are like that. Okay, so he says this. Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Well, you know what? You've got to trust somebody to be able to assign something over to them. Trust has got to be established. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I mean, with anything. With business, with employees, with employers, with church. You have to be able to trust somebody to be able to put them in a position which is proven. Come on now. Many are called. Few are chosen. How do you get chosen? Qualify. Come on now. You qualify. How do you qualify? The heart of a servant. Jesus said the greatest among us will be your servant. I mean, that's probably the reason why we'd like for y'all to serve around here. Praise God. Amen. Because Jesus said you'll be great. The greatest among you. Hello. I don't want to be the least. I want to be great. If I, if I were to tell you that your servanthood here on the earth is building your mansion in heaven, just make sure you have a roof when you get there. Praise God. Amen. It's, it's great to have four walls and a floor and all that kind of, and it's two-story two, two and you got all the furniture, but you ain't got no roof. You're in, you're in mosquito. Come on, hello, somebody. Can you say mosquito? Yeah. Or love bug. How's that? Oh, them things are for the devil. What, who, my God, what, what good are they? I mean, really? What eats them? Anything? Besides your front grill on your car? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm eliminating the population. Oh, I can see that. Your whole car, your whole car is full of it. Woo! Glory to God in heaven. I'm telling you, some of this stuff didn't make the boat. It's mutations. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah. Mosquitoes didn't make the boat. I'm just going to tell you, they didn't make the boat. Y'all know what I mean, right? The yard. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> Love bugs didn't make the boat. Two of everything. And believe me, they are joined at the hip. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> Seriously joined at the hip. My God, help us. You should see my back porch. She's like, could you go clean it off? I'm like, nah. She said, well, why not? I said, because the next day it'll be worse. And it'll be worse. We had a whole swarm go through here. She said, yeah, I swept the porch off. I said, really? <laughs> when did you do that? Yesterday? I said, oh, I looked today. It didn't look like it was swept off. Praise God. So just leave it, and then we'll just do it later. Praise God. Amen. Okay, it's my personality. I'm sorry. I get distracted for some particular reason. I don't know why that is. And at least you're not boring. Praise the Lord. And snore, snore. Okay. So he assigned his servants that he had trust, that trusted with his financial management. Before he left his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants. 5,000 gold coins. Man, I wonder how much that would be worth today. I don't know what the price What is the price of gold per ounce now? Anybody tell me? What is it? $1,500. 
Somebody take 1,500 times 5,000 and tell me what that is. Give me, give, give me, give me, the, give me the amount. Because a, a gold coin probably could weigh about an ounce, right? Would you say that a gold coin could weigh maybe even more? How much do you think a gold coin would weigh? What is it? I trust you to handle $7.5 million for me. Can you handle that? That's, that's just to one. We have two others. $7.5 million. Somebody remember that, please. Okay. 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins. Okay, so what is that? So take 1,500 times two. So we got 7.5 million. Seven, eight, nine, nine point five million. We're up to nine point five million dollars. Hmm. When's the last time you asked God to make you a millionaire? Me? It was last week. I walked on the back of my porch and I said, "You know what? I seem to my business seems to work for millionaires." I said, "I need to become one. Could you just help me with that?" Amen. I just, that's all I said. I said, these guys are millionaires. You know, Brother Depak Patel, who owns two gas stations here, who owns the jump zone, who owns another jump zone in India and has some businesses in India. Multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I'm thinking, man, I just, you need to pass that over. And I, and I prayed for him the other day. He's, he's a Hindu. I prayed for him because he had, a, he had a quadruple bypass, heart surgery. So I stopped by his house, and I prayed, prayed for him. I said, can I come by again? He said, sure enough. He said, hold on one second. He took his phone out, dialed a friend of his who just had heart surgery. He said, pray the same blessing over. Just leave it on the phone. I said, I'll sure be glad to do that. Father, in the name of Jesus. That's what I said. Now, I'm going to get an opportunity to make sure that Mr. Patel is born again. I just wait for I didn't do it then. I just, you know, I just sowed a little bit of seeds here, you know. Okay, so, and, and Pastor Marie, help me. Remember, Hindus worship how many? 33 million. Not 133 million. I was wrong. I missed it by 100,000 gods. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Buddhists, watch this. Buddhists don't know really what they worship. They say they don't worship any gods, but they have gods like symbols within their religion. So it's kind of, they're just looking for Irvana. Or something. Nirvana. I'm sorry. I can't even. I mean, it's. What is it? A personal nirvana. Yeah. There you go. Praise Jesus for that. Everybody needs a personal nirvana. <laughs> or they need to come out of it. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm in nirvana right now. Oh, you need out in Jesus' name. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. So the one he trusted 5,000 gold coals immediately went out and traded with the money. And he doubled his investment. So the one that had the 10,000 gold coins went and doubled it to 14,000, 15,000, because we were at 7,900. So 15 million, excuse me. Oh, snap, that's pretty good right there. I, In the same way, the one who entrusted with 2,000 coins traded the sum and likewise doubled his investment. So that was how much? 19 million, 19 million dollars. But the one who had been trusted with 1,000 coins, now how much is that? 
do 1,500 times 1,000. What is it? 1.5. At least he got 1.5 million. I mean, he had enough sense and enough, enough trustworthiness that he, the one that he got the one. But I want to show you something that was very interesting. He trusted the most with the one who qualified the most. Isn't that right? So therefore, when finances come in, no matter how much it is, can God trust you? See, I've been teaching this for years. Can God trust you? Like I said this morning, if you were used to making $30,000 a year and say, for example, you found a lottery ticket and you hit $5 million, could, do, would you know how to manage that $5 million? Could, could God trust you with it? Could your pastor say something to you? Because he could say something to you or she could say something to you where you're only making 30000 a year, but now you're making $5 million. Who are you? Don't you know I can buy this place and I pay your salary and la, 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 because I was, I was broke, but now I'm rich. Amen. Come on now. Hello, somebody. Can, they, can, they, can, can you be trusted? That's, that's what these guys here, his, 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 his managerial servants, obviously they prove to themselves, watch this, faithfulness, character, trust. Can God trust us with the anointing? Can God trust us with finances? That we remain humble. Right? So watch what happens here. But the one who had been trusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried the master's money. One point, how much? He went in the backyard and dug a hole. Put the coins in the hole. In a black box. Somebody needs to get a metal detector. <laughs> Go out in your backyard. Because somebody lived in your house before you did. Or your house was built and a construction worker was there. That's the black box right there. 1.5 million. 1.7 million. Wow. Obviously these guys that the master entrusted his wealth to, obviously earned that position because of their faithfulness, because of their trustworthiness. True? Not true. True. Now watch what happens here. He goes on to say, And the one who entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000, saying, See, I've doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done very well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Ah. Can God trust you? If God can trust you with the little, he will make you ruler over much. Mm, that's interesting. Because you've been a faithful steward in managing a small amount of sum, now I will put you in touch of much, much more. You will experience the light of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. Then the one who had been entrusted with 2,000 gold coins came and said, see, master, I've doubled what you've trusted me with. Commending his servant, the master replied, you've done very well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you were faithful to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of very much and much more. 
you will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold cords came to his master and said, Master, look, sir. Now, this is, now watch this. This is the opinion. This is the opinion of a rebellious servant. The rebellious servant came up with an assumption, and he states it here. Watch. Look, sir, I know you are a hard man to please, and you're shrewd, and you're a ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. Now, let me ask you, did that sound a little disrespectful? Hmm. Wow. So in other words, that servant's heart wasn't right. Even though he earned the right of trustworthy to the degree he was at, and not only that, the master gave him opportunity to get some things right. Yes? Was the master testing his heart? I think so, too. The quickest way to test someone's heart is give them an offering. Give them some money. Hello. Uh, I'll share a story with you, but you won't know the characters in the story. So don't try to think who it is. I'm sorry. It's no one in this church. Okay, thank you very much. I just want to make that disclaimer right there. Because sometimes you, some of you all think in my sermons I'm talking about you. Well, duh. <laughs> Had it been talking about me this morning? Had it been talking about me? And if everybody thinks that, the answer is yes. I was talking about all of you. Praise God. Amen. Me included. Oh, he's got to be talking about me. It's me. It's me. Hey, he's talking about me. He's got to be talking about them. It's them. So let me make this disclaimer. It's nobody in this church. The story I'm about to tell you. I know of a wealthy businessman and another minister who is very wealthy as well. This businessman was a financial consultant in the financial business, just like these servants. All of a sudden, an individual introduced this businessman to this wealthy minister. Watch this. The wealthy minister began to test that financial businessman. He'd say things like, hey, why don't you come over to the house, and we'll talk a little bit about finances and things like that. And he's like, wow. And so all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, the, the businessman went over to the minister's house in which a house had been given to him, to the minister, and many, many cars had been given to him. He had a Porsche, he had a Mercedes. I mean, he had very nice cars in the garage with the house that was given to him, the cars that were given to him. So all of a sudden, this minister said, hey, listen, why don't you come on out? I just want to show you the goodness of the Lord on the property and everything like that. And he showed the businessman all around. And he said, hey, listen, you want to see some of the cars I have? He said, yeah, absolutely. So all of a sudden, the, he take, the minister takes the businessman into the garage, and there's like three or four cars. I mean, like there's a couple of Mercedes. I think there was a, uh, a black Porsche that was in the, in, in the garage and things like that. He said, yeah, the Lord just blessed me. He said, hey, listen, you know, since you know, I'm, I'm thinking about consulting and hiring you and all that kind of stuff, he said, hey, here, here's, the, here's the key to, to, to my Porsche. He said, would you like to drive it? He said, I'll let you drive it for a couple days. Everything will be cool and all that kind of stuff. You just bring it back in our next meeting. And that businessman looked at him and said, no, I'm good. I like my Acura. Everything's cool, but I'd be glad to come back and meet you. 
He said, oh, okay, that'd be fine. Why don't you come back, you know, Thursday and stuff like that, and why don't you come on in and all that kind of stuff, and we'll, maybe we'll begin to say some things. And then all of a sudden, that minister began to say, hey, listen, I got this cottage, you know, that I get to use for free. And he said, you know, it looks like your wife and you and your wife need a vacation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're working pretty hard, aren't you? He said, yes, sir, I, I really am. I'm working really hard. He said, hey, listen, why don't you, you know, next week take a few days, and uh, why don't you just go on out to the cabin and all that kind of stuff, and it's full of groceries and everything like that, and you don't have to worry about anything. That businessman looked at that minister and said, nah, I think I'm, we're, we're good. I'm, I'm really busy and all that kind of stuff. We're planning something toward the end of the year, but you know, I've, that's, those plans have already been made. Let me ask you something. What was that minister doing with that financial consultant? Testing him, right? Is he coming my way because he wants something from me, or is he coming my way to help me with something? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ever been around people that used to not hang around you because all of a sudden you're, you're making really well and you can just sense that they're wanting something besides just being in your company? Anybody ever felt that way besides me? <laughs> Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want the anointing to be able to prosper? Because Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, that God gives you the power to get well. Hello, somebody. Amen. Do you want God? Can God trust you with the little to make you a ruler over much? Because you have to be real careful. Just because a lot of money comes in doesn't necessarily mean three months from now it's going to come in. Come on. It might sprout rings and fly away. So that's the reason why I said to you this morning, start to develop a little foresight. God wants you to see a week from now, a month from now, three months from now, a year from now. We have to know a year in advance when we do these crusades. So like I said to you this morning, I said, we're already meditating 14 months from now what we're going to be doing. We're already thinking that direction. Already. And we haven't even gone on the crusade in the next eight weeks. You're already thinking, yes, foresight. There are, there are things that God has told us two years in advance. What do you do? Walk it out, baby. Just walk it out. Come hell, come high water, come demon, no demon, here a demon, everywhere a demon, demon, E-I-E-I-O. Just keep on, just keep on walking, just keep on walking it out, walking it out, walking. And eventually you'll get there. Come on, hello, somebody. The place called there is when you get there because you're always looking for another place called there. And then when you go there, you will find another place called there. Praise God. Amen. No, what that is? Fourth sight. You're looking, you're looking at what am, I, what am I going to do a month from now? What am I going to do three weeks from three months from now? Listen, we got the calendar planned out. God can change some things, but there are some things that can't be changed because we have to plan a year in advance. Amen. So, again, so if God can trust you with unrighteous mammon, he could trust you with the true riches, which is actually the anointing of God. Can you say amen? amen? Now, of course, you know the rest of the story. You know, the one that had the 1,000, you know, he called him a wicked servant and all that kind of stuff and actually fired him. Come on, hello, somebody. And then he took the 1.5 million and he gave it to the one who made double to 14.9 million. And then he made this very powerful statement. And he said, you know, to those that have, even that which they have will be taken with them and given to the trusted. I wonder if I should share that story. One more story. Can I share one more story with you and then we'll take up the offering? In the time we're living right now, because the hourglass and the sands are running so fast, 
we're getting ready to enter into two major events. One, the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God since the day of Pentecost around the world and the greatest harvest of souls, and the rapture. The rapture's coming, folks. It's coming. I've studied it out. Amen. I know that the word rapture is not actually in the Bible. It's translated catching away. That's what that is. It's a catching away. And watch this. Do you think that the bridegroom is going to beat the crap out of the bride before he comes? Hello, somebody. Oh, I just love you so much. I just, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I want you to marry me. And by the way, here's a black eye for you. Bam! I don't think, I don't think, the, I don't think the bridegroom is beating the crap out of the bride before he comes against them. I don't care what the false prophets liars say. There are people that believe there's not going to be a rapture. Okay, stay here. I'll give you the keys to the building. Pray, open it up because believe me, this place will be stinking full and you won't, they're going to be be outside the door trying to get in. So if you want to have that rapture ministry, I will gladly turn the key. I'm not going to be here. Sorry. Let me tell you one more time. I believe with all of my heart, I'm not here. You want to be here? Okay. Hey, get your head cut off. Praise God. I mean, you better win as many souls as you can and then just go down to the guillotine place and say, I'm next. <laughs> Why are y'all getting, y'all are getting awful quiet on me a whole heck of a lot lately. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm turning 53 next month. I mean, next week. Praise God. Amen. I guess I must be getting bolder in my older age. Praise God. Amen. There's, do I, the time is short. Amen. Hello. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this. Okay. So I got look. The rapture doesn't happen, and I get to go through the seven-year tribulation period, and I get to get my head cut off? Really? Might as well just line up, because it's going to be hell let loose. Just go down to the guillotine place right now. Praise God. Amen. And just lock me up. Put me in the the camp, okay, because I'm I'm not going to do whatever you want to do. Just cut my head off. I'm done. Praise God. Let me go to heaven, because I ain't going. Did, Did you know that during the... Tribulation period, people will want to die and they can't. Yes. Yes. That's the zombie apocalypse. That's the reason why you need a Glock. Because you're going to have to, you're going to have to have your 30 odd six because the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. You're going to be shooting people and they're going to be like, <laughs> they're going to have holes in them, missing eyeballs, missing jaws. My security officer instructor, my firearms, he said, during, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, he said, that during the zombie apocalypse, I want a 9mm Glock. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. I want a 9mm Glock. He said, because the FBI has proven it. I'm like, yeah, because of the science side of ballistics. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I cracked myself up. I'm sorry. I just can't help it. I just, I just can't help myself. Praise God. Really? Where? Let them all go through the tribulation period. I won't be here, baby. Who's going to take you? Aliens. That's not far from the truth. Are you, are you an alien? Come on. Come on. Give me the victory sign. Come on, hello. This is not Vulcan. This is not Vulcan. This is victory, right? <laughs> victory, right? This is the victory sign. The Bible says you are aliens. Isn't that right? See, they're already here. Praise God. Amen. 
I had one guy walk up to me. He said, Dr. Jack, do you believe in aliens? I said, yes. He said, I knew it. The way you act, you must believe in aliens. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He said that to me. I'm like, yeah. I said, they're already here. He said, I knew it. I knew they're, I knew they're walking among us, right? And I said, yes. He said, how long do you think they've been here? I said, I know. He said, you? I said, how long? He said, I said, 2,000 years. They've, <laughs> they've been on the earth, the aliens. In 2,000 years. He said, really? He said, what do you think is going to happen? I said, the great mothership is going to come in from the east. He said, from the east? I said, yeah, be looking up. When you look up, you'll see the mothership coming from the east. That is a true story. I had a guy tell me that. You believe in aliens? I said, yes. Yes. I said, they're here. He said, they are? I said, yeah, I know, how, I know how long, too. He said, how long? I said, 2,000. He said, I knew it. I said, let me tell you a secret. I am one. I am one. <laughs> I am one. Who closed my Bible? I did. <laughs> okay, if you need an offering on the low price. I forgot my train of thought. The alien thing did it. I'm just telling you right. No, listen. You're not going to be here during the rapture. I mean, you're not going to to be doing here the tribulation period. You're going to make it in the rapture, okay? Oh, thank God. Hello. Amen. I'm going out on the first ship. Hello. Mother load. I'm going on. When do you think the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to take place? The seven years. For seven years, there'll be pecan pie, coconut pie, apple pie, and no calories. The most amazing thing. I mean, I will have a bowl of chocolate almonds. The real ones. The real dipped chocolate almonds. And there'll be all kinds of flavors. I mean, it'll take seven years just to get from one end of the table to the next end of the table. Because it's the marriage supper of the Lamb, baby. How long is it going to take? It's going to take seven years to feed more than two billion folk because it's been going on for 2,000 years. So I don't know how many have died in the Lord since then, but that's a whole lot of folk. I'm just going to tell, tell you right now. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you. It's going to be like, and then everybody else down here is suffering. Hello. Yeah. Okay, if you need an offering envelope, praise God, amen. Just lift your hand or whatever on the back of your chair. You obviously you know, had enough time because I've just been rambling on and on and on. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for the gift and the giver. And as we plant seed into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that many souls will be one. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that we are imperfect and you are perfect. We love you. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Ushers, if you'll help me out, praise God.
Hallelujah. I'm going to pick up what I left off this morning. I was talking to you about have, cultivating a sensitivity to the supernatural. So how many enjoyed this morning? Praise God. Amen. I mean, remember I said to you that we, we live in two worlds. We live in two spheres. We live in the natural world, but also there's a spiritual world, and we have to learn to operate in both. Isn't that right? Got to learn how to operate in this natural world in which we're in, but also we need to operate in the spiritual world. We talked about, you know, that we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. Hello, somebody. And also we found out in the book of Ephesians that we need to put on the whole armor of God. Hello, and keep it on. Don't ever take it off. Isn't that right? We talked about, you know, developing a sensitivity to the supernatural in the aspect of developing a God presence in your life, cultivating God. Number one was God's presence in your life and how you do that. How, how I made the statement that the, your, the anointing will never carry you where your character can't keep you. Come on, hello somebody, amen. And that the, the, the character is developed through the trials and tribulations that you go through. Come on, hello, somebody. I talked a little bit about the Apostle Paul where he, where he said that he, there was a messenger of Satan given him to buffet him, buffet his body, um, and, and buffet his ministry actuality, right? He called it the thorn in the flesh, right? So I, I, I gave the correlation that sometimes when you're going through life, you, Satan will come and buffet you. It's like a boxer pounding on your ribs. I mean, normally when you get body shots, you won't get knocked out. I mean, they could hit you right in the solar plexus and take your wind and you can't breathe and you eventually pass out. But there are times where Satan will come or a demon will come and he will buffet you. Remember, remember I said this? I said that when God wants to bless your life, he'll bring a person to your life. If Satan wants to curse your life, he'll bring a person into your life. You have to determine who's from who. Can you say amen? Because in, in this world... Hello, and God flows through men just as much as Satan could flow through men. I mean, if there was no human beings on the planet, Satan wouldn't know what to do, except maybe torment his demons. Hello, somebody. He torments them anyway. Come on, hello, somebody. How many are coming to my Believer's Authority class? You need to come to that. Please come to that. It's absolutely free. Come to that. We're going to show you some pretty hardcore videos. Let me ask you, how many have been to my authority class? Is Pastor talking about right? Is it it eye-opening? Okay, yeah, it shocks most people, which is good because it brings a reality to both worlds, this natural world and also the supernatural world. But it also reveals the authority that we have in the supernatural world. Can you say amen? And you have authority. So we talked a little bit about that. We talked about God developing character in us. We talked about being trustworthy. We talked about, you know, the Holy Spirit coming and taking the place of Jesus here on the earth. And now the Holy Spirit is with you. Hello. And he dwells on the inside of you because you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We talked a little bit about how, you know, what I do is I let God out. That's all I do. That's what the anointing is. That's his presence. I let God out and I do it by faith. Of course, and then everything is received by faith because that's what it pleases the Lord. All right? So cultivating God's presence in your life, spending time with the Holy Spirit, talking to the Holy Spirit, talking to God. You know, I, I had a really good conversation with the Lord. I guess it was either yesterday morning or this morning. I just walked out into the pool deck, and I just had a conversation. I'm just talking to the Lord. I'm like, man, I don't quite understand. Can you kind of help me? And this and this and that and this and this and this and that. And I'm like, Lord, show me. And then all of a sudden, later in the afternoon, answers started coming. Come on, hello, somebody. Because I, I really want, I'm really genuine. 
And then, and then I even actually did some repenting. And I said, Lord, if I did anything knowingly or unknowingly to open the door, please let me know because I really want to repent and not, not open that door again. I want to shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Light the candle, everything's all right. Light the candle, right? Come on, I want to keep that door shut. Come on now. I don't want any flies in the ointment. No Beelzebub's in the ointment. Can you say amen? We talked a little about what grieves the Holy Ghost, what quenches the Holy Ghost. Grieving the Holy Ghost is things that come out of our mouths that aren't of faith. We quench the Holy Spirit by not allow Him to have His way in us or even in a service. We talked a little bit about that, right? All right, so number two. Number one was cultivating God's presence in your life. Number two, cultivate God's faith in your heart. Don't ever leave the message of faith. Come on now. Let me tell you your lineage. Here's your lineage, folks. Your lineage is Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, in which I, where I received the touch of God on my life. And then the second thing is faith. Brother Hagen, Rama. We're Rama graduates. We graduated 1997. And, they got, and then we, they continued on in it with LCU. So that's your lineage. If you follow that lineage, it will go all the way back to the disciples, to Jesus. Anything that deviates from that lineage, whoa, is religion and tradition. Come on now. If our gospel is powerless, it's no greater than becoming a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim. That's what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. We have the power of God to back up. And not only that, our leader, Jesus, was the only one that ever was crucified on a cross and died for humanity. Amen. So you cannot remove the power side of the Bible out. This book becomes religious. Come on, that's what makes this book supernatural. So you've got to cultivate God's faith in your heart. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So rewards come from diligence. The Bible says that in the last days, Jesus, when He comes back, the Bible says, will He find faith on the earth? We were talking about that today. Okay, what point in time where actually that statement could be made real? Could that statement be made during the tribulation period? Could that statement be at the end of the tribulation period? Because we know for the first three and a half years, there's peace. We know that to be true. Come on now. And then after three and a half years, something happens. Come on, hello. And not only during that seven-year period, the stars are falling to the earth, and there's earthquakes, and there's all kinds of pestilence, and this is great shape, great pains, the Bible says in the book of Matthew. Great pains. Read Matthew chapter 24. Great pains. Great distress among the nations of the world. Okay? So you have to look at that. When, when, when is that? When, some people say, well, the greatest revival will be during the tribulation period. Yes, but it also says that people will shake their hands at fists at God and curse Him. It does say that too, doesn't it? Okay. I have to believe with all of my heart because humanity is His greatest creation. That humanity wins. God snatches the majority. 
Some people, well, the Bible doesn't say that it's the minority. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He made a way when there wasn't a way. And I have to believe, I have to believe that that's the nature of Almighty God. That humanity wins in the end. He is not the God of a sledgehammer and a heavy... He's not that God. He's not that daddy. You don't know. I, I tell people, people don't know their father in heaven. I walk out my front door at three in the morning and I look up at the moon and I see the stars and I'm, I'm like, and it's just peaceful in the neighborhood. And I'm like, who can fathom your forgiveness? No one. Who can fathom your mercy? That yesterday is gone. And then when I got up today, even if it was 3 a.m. or if it was 7 I woke smack up into your mercy. <laughs> wow. Who can fathom that? Who can fathom you forgiving me 490 times in one day? Who, who does that? <laughs> yeah, did you know that? Every time you, offend, you, you make an offense toward heaven, I forgive you. You repent, I forgive you. You repent, I forgive you. <laughs> who, who can fathom that? What kind of God is that? That doesn't sound like the God with the big sledgehammer up there. Every time you're messing up and he's hitting you over the head. Like that game, you know, with the little mole thing. He's, you know, whatever that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Boom, 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 boom. The little, little, whatever they are. Yeah. He's not like that. Your daddy's not like that. He's merciful. He's got, religion has made him like that. Insurance companies have made him like that. This was an act of God. Not my God. The God of the world. But not my God. That's not my God. Amen. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. Not him hitting you with a sledgehammer every time you're messing up. His goodness. It's going to be the goodness of Almighty God to bring my son back to the Lord. Bless, so what I pray, bless him. Bless him so much that he actually recognizes that this is not normal. I'm out in the world doing my own thing, but I seem to be really blessed. I don't know. Could this be the Lord? Could this be the Lord? Is it? This has got to be the Lord. Wow. His goodness. The goodness of God draws people to repentance. Do you know what? When I mess up and suddenly God just meets a need, like out of nowhere, boom, like pow. I'm like, oh. I know I feel like I don't deserve it, but it must be the blessing. It must be, there must be a secret thing there that you just kind of like. And then, and then you know what it does to me? It draws me closer to him. Amen. Even though I misbehaved. Even though I made a mistake. Yeah. Even, the, even if I was in disobedience. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to bless you more. I'm going to bless you more. Huh? Okay. Dada. Dada. <laughs> Daddy. 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 You find yourself moving away from the world toward you. Daddy, you're so good to me. Amen. <laughs> I just want to be pleasing. You're so good to me, even when I don't feel like I'm good to me. You know, good to you. All right, Daddy. That's your daddy in heaven. Aren't you glad for that? So without faith, faith is a firm persuasion. It's a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe before you see it, before you experience it, before you touch it, before you have it. Come on now. They say, seeing is believing. No, believing is seeing. Well, when I see it, I believe it. No, you believe it, then you'll see it. That's faith. 
technical term or technical meaning for faith is this. The assent of the mind to the truth of a proposition advanced by another. Belief, a probable evidence of any kind. Faith is a firm persuasion, a confident expectation of what you believe. It is the assent of the mind to the heart based on what you've heard by God's holy word. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Not by heard, but by hearing. Oh, I heard that before. You're done with hearing then if you've heard that before. I heard that before. I heard that before. I heard that before. Isn't it amazing how we parents have to constantly correct our children? And we've, how many, if I told you one time, I told you a thousand times. And God's up there, if I told you one time, I told you, I've told you for the last 2,000 times. Sometimes we forget we we're children too. Little Johnny, how many I told him I told you, don't knock that off the cabinet table. Just don't do that at the coffee table. The coffee stays on the table. Don't knock that off. <laughs> now listen, there's child irresponsibility. And then there's deliberate defiance. Child irresponsibility is, oh, I'm so sorry. Listen, Johnny, it's okay. I know you didn't mean to knock it off, but don't do it again. Now it becomes deliberate disobedience. And if there's deliberate disobedience, because you're the head of the board, it's time for a board meeting. Praise God. Eh? <laughs> Come on, you're, you're the head of the board. Amen. Time for a board meeting. So you can excuse child irresponsibility. Come on, you can bring loving correction. And not that you can't bring loving correction while you're swinging the board. You can. You can do that. Praise God. You can do that to bring loving correction. Now, Johnny, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. You know what? This one right here, she could never whip the boys with the board. It would break her heart. She's like, you do it. I'm like, you betcha. Give me that board. (laughs) There was one time, which I don't know if it was Josh or John. Who's the one who put 10 pairs of underwear on? Josh. How can you spank them then? I mean, <laughs> they got ten, got ten pairs of underwear. You're like, you're like, <laughs> I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Amen. Now, faith in and of itself is good, but it won't work until action is applied to it. You got to apply action. Faith without works is what? Dead. So you have to apply action to your faith. So you've got to cultivate that. Okay, so let me give you an example. When we first did our first crusade, we had to raise $30,000. And in our missions account, when we agreed to do that, we only had $38. We had never raised $30,000 ever at one time in the ministry. So I went with my friend, Daniel King. And he'll come and him and Jessica will come and minister. And I went with him because when I saw him, I found out that he was a crusade evangelist, <clears throat> but he was 13 years younger than me. Yeah. So he was in his 20s, late 20s, and I'm in my 40s. And I had a desire to do mass miracle healing crusades, but I didn't know how to do it. 
So I met him at a camp meeting, and he showed me this, this piece of paper with hundreds of thousands of people, and he said, I just got back from this. And I was like, really? And he began to tell me the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the salvations. And man, that just kind of, and I had been wanting to do that, just didn't know how. And so all of a sudden, um, I said, can you teach me how to do this? He said, yeah. I said, what do I do? He said, you need to come on a trip with me. I'm like, okay. So what I got to raise? 2,500 bucks. At that time, $2,500 was a lot. It was a lot for us. So I went and did it. I went to the country of Haiti and went to want to mint Haiti. Over 60,000 Haitians on the field. Most amazing thing. And we were in an area that at night the electricity was shut off. So we were the best thing happening because we had these huge lights that light it, lit up this whole entire field. So, of course, people aren't going to stay home. They're going to come. And so everybody came. And, man, the miracles and the signs and the wonders. And then that's where I met Fernando in Haiti. How many know Fernando? Yeah. So that's where I met him. And you know what Fernando said? Nah, Jack doesn't need to do crusades. He needs to stay in the churches. I don't think he's a crusade evangelist. And Daniel's like, oh, come on. Just give the guy a chance. Nah, he just needs to stay in the <laughs> he just he's just he needs to stay in the churches. So Fernando, you know, after a while, Daniel talked to me. He said, come on, just give him a break. Give him, you know, help him. So we went and talked, and I said, well, okay, Fernando. I said, how much money do we need to raise? And he said, you need to raise $30,000. This was, uh, what year was this? 2006? 2006. <laughs> 30,000, all at once? <laughs> all, all at one time? Well, you have a year. You have 12 months. Okay. You mean above my salary and above my paying the bills and above everything else? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause that that 30,000 is what you have to give to me to do to the crusade. Oh, how we're going to get here? Oh, you've got to raise the rest of the money you don't have to get here. Oh, you mean I have to raise $22,350 for myself? You, the, the one that's doing the crusade? Uh-huh. You got, <laughs> you got to raise that. You got to buy the airline ticket to come to your own crusade to do the crusade. So you have to believe God for $2,350. I got to believe God for $2,350 to pay for my hotel, my food, my water, and my transportation to be able to do my crusade after I give you $30,000 just for the crusade? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't need to believe God just for $30,000. I need $30,250 and (laughs) $2,350. Go on, hello, somebody. Right? And, oh, by the way, can we bring some people with us? Uh Uh-huh, sure. You sure can. They got to raise their own finances, and they got to buy their ticket. So they got to come up with $2,350 for their own ticket. How many people did you take with you? 16 on the very first one. We went to San Juan, Dominican Republic. By the third night, the place was packed, forty to 50,000 people. On the last night, when I came off the platform, the whole crowd shifted with the team. Now, in some places, you'll be crushed. I finally understood when Jesus, in Mark chapter 5, where the Bible says the crowd pressed on him. I understood what that meant because... Thursday night and Friday night, the miracles that were taking place. And on the last night, the miracles. So when we came off the platform, the whole crowd shifted to their left. 
because the hotel was around. So I, when I stepped off, suddenly now the crowd is moving forward. You've got to be careful. You could be crushed. And people could be crushed with that. So all of a sudden, we had 16 people, and all of a sudden, they moved toward us, and all of a sudden, they started pressing. And this one right here was holding on to dear life. One lady's like, grabbed the back of her hair, get out of the way, chick. I'm going to touch the man of God. So you know what I started doing? Let me, let me, I started doing this in the name of Jesus. And as I was doing this, boom, 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 making a path. It was like splitting the Red Sea. They were falling out. Bam, bam. And, and the whole team stepping over people like this. Praise God. Amen. The whole crowd follows around to the hotel room. As we went into the hotel grounds, the crowd came into the streets, into the hotel. As we walked into the lobby, the people began to flood the lobby. They were coming up to the team. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Cancerous tumors. I mean, you name it, it was there. All of a sudden, the management said, listen, we can't have this. You got to go into the, into the dining hall. There was two big, huge wooden doors. So the entire team went in. They shoved us into the dining hall. They shut the doors. They began to tell people, you got to leave, you got to leave. The whole team sat down. Not one word was said. You could count 1,001, 1,002, and the whole team, we burst out in tears. We were bawling like babies because we understood the Bible. We just lived it. You know, they pressed in on the disciples too. Did you know that? Yeah. So why did you say all that? Faith. It takes faith. God wants to take you from faith to faith to faith. Like he wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. What does that mean? We should be further spiritually than we were last year. Come on now. By the end of this year, we should be further ahead than we were at the beginning of the year. From glory unto glory unto glory. So you've got to cultivate faith. How do you do that? Word. It's the word. More of the word, greater the faith will be developed. Come on now. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Come on now. Hebrews 4.12, The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of soul and spirit, and joints of marrow, and is the discerner of the heart. Right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word came and dwelt among us. And the Word entered in and into the world, and the world received Him not. Hello. He came to His own, and His own received Him not. But to those that received Him, to them He became the power. He gave them the power to become the sons of God. Isn't that right? Yeah. So you build your faith. Watch this. Every experience in which God delivers you out of, you have built your faith. So if God didn't fail you a year ago, He's not going to fail you today. If He's not going to fail you today, He's not going to fail you tomorrow. Because what He did yesterday was proved Himself. Hello. And if you're in a situation right now that it looks impossible, <laughs> you ought to rejoice. You should be happy. You should be dancing. But <laughs> Come on, you should be, because it's just another opportunity for your God to show himself strong on your behalf. Woo! I don't know about you, but God loves the underdog. I'm serious. Who was, who was that guy that, you know, was it, what was it? And, and you know, they had like 30,000 Israelites, and it came down to like 300. Who was? Gideon. Yeah, Gideon. Yeah, is that right? It was 30,000 came down to 300? Yeah. And the enemy thought they were like 30,000. Isn't it interesting? God even tested them. What was the instruction? The ones that kneeled down by the water to get water, pick. But the ones that kneeled down on both knees and slurped the water up, remove. 
I wonder if testings of one's heart could be from the Lord. If he doesn't tempt with evil, but he'll test your faith. He wants to see if you're really going to believe him. Can you say amen? amen? Listen, let's just qualify to be chosen. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. All right, so faith is simply what you believe. Faith, you must add action to your faith. The supernatural will come when there is an intended purpose. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus said something about the anointing. He said something about the supernatural. Remember, we're talking about cultivating the supernatural. That's the cultivating glory or cultivating that in your life. It says this in Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me. So the supernatural comes because God's anointed you for a purpose, for a reason, no matter what you're called to. Now, the Bible does say that some, not all, are called to the fivefold ministry. Some. Not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are evangelists, not all are pastors, and not all are teachers. Some. Hello. But we are all called to the Great Commission. Can you say amen? To win the lost. Statistically, the Barna Group came out with a statistic. And they asked so many hundreds or thousands of people that claimed that they were... Christians, and they asked them, do you know what the Great Commission is? 51% could not tell you what the Great Commission was. Then they went to another group, and it was like 28% said, I heard about the Great Commission, but I don't know what it entails. And then there was like only 18% that actually knew about the Great Commission, but they weren't going about making disciples and winning the lost. Wow. Faith without works is dead. And it's not a works mentality. Oh, my gosh. You have to understand, we don't work our way to heaven. Come on now. Jesus said we must work the works while it's still light, for darkness is coming where no man can work. You know what he's talking about? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about good and evil. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about you being the light of the world, reaching into the darkness of men's hearts and pulling them out of darkness into the glorious light. That's what he's talking about. And he's like, there's going to be a time, hello, when it's all done and said, when this dispensation is over with, hello, you won't be able to pull people out of darkness into light. They've already made their decision. That was the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to tell you right now. They've already made the decision. So what do we do? You've got to work the work while there's still light. Because you are the light of the world. Amen. So we have to work that work until that time comes. Amen. Good word today. Praise God. Amen. All right, number three, cultivate spiritual gifts. You see, even though not all of us are called to the fivefold ministry, but all nine gifts are called to the body of Christ. You can operate at any one time as the Holy Spirit wills or what is, at the time that's needed, any one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Hello, and you should be. Pastor Marie and I operate a lot, watch this, a lot in a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. We not operate in only in a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge for others. We operate in that for ourselves. You, can, you should operate that within yourself. Uh, let me give you something that maybe might be a little, an indication of operating in either the word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. We know that a word of knowledge has to do with present circumstances or past. A word of wisdom has to do with either present circumstances or mostly future, a future event. 
Okay, so here lies a word of wisdom. Okay, babe, um, what do we need to do? You know, we haven't, we haven't yet come up with, you know, a plan for next year's crusade, even though we haven't done this. And we know that prior proper planning produces positive results. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we want to prior proper plan to produce proper results. Amen. So, okay, so let's just go to the Lord over the next few days. Let's seek the Lord on the matter. Okay, so we're talking like next June. And we're, we're in May. Right? And we're talking what we're going to be doing next year and how we're going to be doing and maybe who we're going to be doing it with. So that all of a sudden, things start dropping down in our spirit, man, and then we start communicating again. And then all of a sudden, we get into agreement. And then suddenly, it feels peace and joy because we are in agreement. And then all of a sudden, we begin to check with others. See, I just don't, it's not by myself. Hello, I'm not the lone ranger out there with Tonto. I'm checking with spiritual authority. Let me say that one more time. I'm checking with spiritual. What do you sense about this? What do you think about it? I'm checking with other family members who have my best interests at heart and are spiritually mature. Not checking with family members who don't have my best interests at heart and aren't spiritually mature. Come on, hello, somebody. So I'm, I'm, okay, hmm, seems good. Can we work it out? How do we work it out? Huh? Hmm? Hmm? So we'll be making an announcement soon and very soon of what something that came from a word of wisdom which pertains to the future. That's how it works sometimes. And we have to understand that. Some of you are operating in some of these gifts and you don't even know you're operating in them. Some of you are operating in a gift of faith and you don't even know it. I mean, has there ever been a time where everything you touch to see, wow, that, that was so easy. That, that worked. Man, that worked. Wow, that worked. That worked. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it just kind of stopped. And you're like, oh my God, did I backslide? What, what happened? You know, what's, it's not turning to gold. It's turning to feathers for some reason. I'm not, I'm not really sure what's happening here. Well, what happened? You stepped over to get to faith. And you didn't even know you were operating to get to faith. So sometimes we, listen, you are a supernatural people. Hello, you're spiritual people first. Come on now. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. Praise God. Amen. So you're connected. Amen. I, I operated in a word of knowledge today. Had a special meeting with some special people. And then said, and they said, that's exactly right. I don't think at first it dawned on them until I said, well, then how did I know that? Because we hadn't talked before, right? Well, that's right. That's way cool. That was way cool. How did you know that? How did you know that? How did, how did you know? How did, how did you know that? I have inside information. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God will show you. The Bible says he will show you things to come. Come on. And that's starting to become more prevalent in the body of Christ, especially in these last days. Okay, so you have to cultivate God's faith in your heart. Cultivate spiritual gifts. We'll finish with this, and maybe next Sunday I'll finish with, you know, I got like... 250 more pages to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Cultivate spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1a, Amplified, says this, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great, great quest. Earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or spiritual gifts. So there seems to be, a, I have a desire. Desire that because God wants to show you things to come. Can you say amen? Right. To avoid pitfalls, to avoid problems, to avoid... To avoid, do you know that sometimes some people get out of the will of God, but they think they're in the will of God, and then all of a sudden when things start, don't work out six months from now, they're like, I don't know, I guess I'm being attacked. But it never dawns on them, hmm, what was the decision that I made six months earlier that actually got me to this place where I'm at right now? It's like the family that says, I love God, I got a great church, I got a great job, I got a great business. Oh, by the way, I had this opportunity in Connecticut. And I live in Florida, but I had this opportunity in Connecticut. It's going to double my income, double my, I get all the full benefits and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, by the way, pastor, me and my wife and my family, we're moving on. We're going to go. Oh, the pastor goes, hmm, you know the first thing he's going to think? Did you find it? Have you found a church yet? Because he's going to hit your spiritual life. Come on. He's going to be more concerned about your spiritual life, not necessarily your bank account. Hello? Well, we thought, you know, I hadn't even gone out there yet. I'm going to go out there, but I'm not really sure. Oh, so you're, you're making the decision based upon money? I said to you this morning, never make the decision based upon money. Hello? How can I believe God for $30,000 when the bank account only shows $38? I made the decision. I dug the hole and God filled it. Oh, sometimes you got to dig a hole and let God feel it. Hello, somebody. As long as you got peace and as long as you got joy and you know you heard from the word of the Lord. Come on, hello, somebody. Then you could go ahead and dig the hole. I tell people all the time. I'll get back to that story here in a minute. But I tell people all the time. I said, I don't, I don't know if I should go on the missions trip. I don't know if it's the will of God. Okay, let's check it out. The first way that God speaks to you is what? Through his word, right? That's number one way, right? The second way that God speaks to you is through the inward witness, right? Okay, so Mark chapter 15, verse 16. Mark 16, 15 says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So there you go. There's your answer. Well, brother, I don't know if I'm a, uh, I'm a sender or I'm... Uh, what's, that, what's that saying? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard so many things in 24 years, I just can't recollect. Some are senders and some are goers. I'm just a sender. Well, I'm both. Amen. Hello, I get to send and I get to go. Praise God. Amen. I'm just not sure, brother. I think I'm... There was a teaching that came out. That was from the pit of hell. Some are senders and others are goers. I don't read that in the Bible. The Bible says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they cast out devils. They speak with new tongues. They drink anything deadly and will not hurt them. Hello. And so on and so forth. And in verse 21 says, And the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. So, okay, there's a message trip. It's 2350 bucks. You got bills to pay. Amen. That's the verse you can stand on for missions. Um, you said, you said, Go ye to, unto all the worlds. Unless you translate me, it's going to be, 1500 buck ticket. Because I'm not walking from here to Africa. So unless you translate me, 
I don't know how I'm going to get there because you said go ye. You said go ye. I'm willing, Lord, pick me. But I need $2,350 to go ye. And by the way, my hubby and my wife wants to go ye. So that's $4,600 to go ye. And that $2,350 is going to pay for the hotel. Because i got to sleep somewhere. And that $2,300 is going to eat two meals, two good meals every day. i got to eat. And I need some water because I'm not drinking the water overseas. So, Lord, how can I go ye if I don't have some money? To go ye. I dare you. I dare you to go to the Lord and tell him um, $2,350 for me, $2,350 for my husband. And oh, by the way, when I go for nine days, I need my salary. So my salary is this, Lord. And the cost of the trip is this, Lord. And I know you don't want to put a hurting on me, Lord. When you said, go ye, Lord. The Bible says, come, let us contend together. I'm going to continue with it. I'm going to go ye, but you're going to pay the bill. Because you said, go ye. You don't ever talk to the Lord that way? I do. I, just very respectfully, though. because I, <laughs> I, I talk to him. <laughs> I talk, I talk respect, respectfully. Reverentially. Listen, he has permission to get up in my grill. Guess what? He gave me permission to get up in his. Here I am preaching the gospel. I have a wife. You didn't have a wife. Here I am preaching the gospel. I got kids. You ain't got any kids. I just don't know if that's really fair or not. You were fancy free and foot free. Praise God. Amen. You had no responsibility of a family. And here I got a responsibility of a family. I got to feed my family. And then you're telling me to go ye on top of trying to feed my family. Most of all your time was in the mountain praying. Here I was trying to live, trying to get by here. Y'all are looking at me like, oh, you really? Yeah, absolutely. Let us come and contend, 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 contend. Oh, you don't mind Isaac wrestling with him. You wrestle with him. I know he walked differently afterwards, but... <laughs> <laughs> But he didn't let go until you changed him. Come on now. You didn't let go until he changed him. He walked differently and talked differently. <laughs> it is religion that has bound people up. I'm telling you right now. We're going to break that sucker. I go, you, got, you got a need. Go to your daddy. Man, talk to him. He loves it when you go to him and talk to him. Even if you're mad. Ever been mad at God besides me? 
One of you. Praise God. Amen. Only one out of the whole group. Man, golly, I knew I was in a room full of angels. How do you know that? I can see your halos right now. My God, they're blinding me. The halos. Sister, get that wing out of your husband's eye right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, what's that? It's the heavenly choir standing behind you because you're just so worthy. Cultivate spiritual gifts. Desire to flow in the supernatural. Start. I'm going to say something very powerful. If anything you got out of tonight, I'm going to say something. Start looking on the inside for results on the outside. We are constantly looking on the inside. Do we handle everything right? No, neither do you. Do you handle every person right? No, neither do you. Come on. How much mercy do you need? I need a lot. Then give mercy. Okay. How much tolerance do you need? A lot of tolerance. Okay, be then tolerant. <laughs> it's, not that simple. it's not that complicated. Praise God. It's pretty simple. Let me give you one more scripture and we'll close. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, first part of the verse out of the Amplified. This is why I would remind you, stir up, rekindle the ambers, fan the flame of, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. Do you know how many times I really wanted to quit in the last 24 years of ministry? Like you've never wanted to quit, right? <laughs> Do you know, I can't tell you how many times depression, I mean, believe it or not, has tried to get on me. Do I look depressed? I mean, my God, but do I have to fight it also? Uh-huh. Come on, hello, somebody, just like you. Do you know I have to apply the Word of God just like you to your life? I mean, really? yeah, I have, to, I have to do the same thing. I have to apply the same Word that I teach. Here's the cool thing for you. At least you don't get double judged in this life. <laughs> I saw some of you rejoice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I get the prophet's reward. Yeah. Without the double judgment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I will pray for you, preacher. <laughs> I will pray for you, preacher. You know that double judgment is in this life? You get the prophet's reward and no double... What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. Isn't that right? Yes. So all you got to do is just receive the man or woman of God. Hello. And you get the same reward they do. Without the double judgment. You, know, you get to flow in the gifts. You get to flow. Come on. Stephen the deacon wasn't in the fivefold ministry. And the Bible says he did great signs and wonders among the people without double judgment. Oh, the apostle Peter trying to put people back under the law. Sure got a rebuke from the apostle Paul. And maybe I'm a poet and I just don't know it. No, I'm just <laughs> Right? Did he not? Did not Peter get a rebuke from the apostle Paul for 
Peter trying to put people under Judaism? My God, he probably opened up a circumcision room in the back of the temple. I'm surprised no charismatic church today ever opened up one. Well, that went over like a lip balloon, praise God. Get that scalpel out of your hand, Jeff. <laughs> okay, praise God. All right. I'm going to rambling. Praise God. Amen. Once again, once again, the sanguine's gone to rambling. The eye personality. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Isn't the Word good? Isn't the Holy Spirit good? That means God is good, right? And the devil's a liar, right? God is good. Amen. All the time. And all the time, God is good. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Come on now. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands real quickly before we close out and see what the Lord wants to do, if He wants to do anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. We praise you. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Man, he's merciful. Man, he's kind. Man, his word is rich. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Father. Praise you, Father. We adore you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. Praise be your holy name. Exalt your holy name. Man, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever, and ever, and ever. Man, hallelujah. I'm so glad, Lord, that when we make mistakes, you help us out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for blessing us, Father, when the times seem good and when the times don't seem so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we worship you. And we praise you. Thank you for foresight. Thank you for the spirit of seeing and knowing. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that we have the spirit of seeing and knowing. Seeing and knowing. Seeing what we cannot see and knowing even the future. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of seeing and knowing. Seeing to a greater degree in our lives. The spirit of seeing and knowing. We know what to do, when to do it, where to be, where to be with, who to be with, what time, the right time, the time that's supposed to be, the time that's supposed to be. I will not miss it. I will not miss the timing. And if I miss the timing, then I'll repent. I'll repent. I'll get it right. I'll get my peace and joy back. I'll get my peace and joy back. If I've lost my peace and joy, oh, I'll get it back. I'll get my peace and joy back because humility is my protection from deception. Hallelujah. Humility is my protection from deception. Humility is the protection from deception. And if I've lost my peace and joy, if I've lost it, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Hallelujah. I'll make it right. I'll get back on track. I'll get it right. I'll run the race. I'll run the race. I'll finish the course. I'll get back right on track. I'm not going to leave. Not going to 
leave, not going to leave the Word and the Spirit. Not going to leave, no, no, no. Going to press in. Press in even more. Press in to even a greater degree. Pressing in in prayer. Pressing in in the Word. Pressing in your presence. Pressing in. Pressing in. Desiring spiritual gifts. Desiring spiritual endowments. Impartations from heaven. Oh, new chapter. New season for me. Can't change the past. Must leave the past. Close the door. Close the door. Enter into a new room. A new room for you. A new room. No, no, you left one room. Close the door on that room. Don't pine for the melody of Egypt. No. Look to the promised land of milk. Oh my, look at it. my God, I'm feeling the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Don't pine for the melons of Egypt. Don't pine for that which is past. Pine for that which I have for you in the future, says the Holy Ghost. Future is bright. The future is promising. The future is promised unto you. Great and notable things shall happen in your life. Great and notable things. And the mistakes and the things that are in the past are the past. Don't be concerned about it. Don't worry about it. Don't look behind. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Put your hand to the plow and move forward. Move forward into the things of the spirit realm. Move forward into my word. Move forward into what I, which I have for you in the future. Don't worry about the pressures of life. Don't be concerned. Rise above the children of this life. Fly upon the wings of eagles, for I set you a sore. And the joy. Ha, ha, ha. The joy is and will be your strength through every circumstance, through everything. So stop contemplating in your private time. What should I do? Should I stay? Should I go? No, stay. Go. No, go. No, go. No, go. No, go. Stay. Stay. Shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the door to the room you left. Open door. Open door to the room you enter into. New room. A new room for you. A new place. A new place for you. Shut the door on the past. Shut it. Don't, 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 don't visit. Don't, I want to go back to that room. No, no, that room has been filled with something else. That room is no longer your room. No, a new room. New room for you with wonderful and notable things that I have for you. Gifts beyond measure. Places, things that I want you to do. Places that I need you to be. Oh, yeah, don't, don't go back. Don't close that door. That room is off limits. The room of your past. Don't, no, don't draw back. Do not take pleasure into them that draw back. No. The direction is forward. Move forward. Open heart. Open you your heart. For there are impartations that you'll receive comes from an open heart. If you close your heart because your heart is in your past, no new impartations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No? New room? Better place? Bigger? Better? In that place. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, that lifted. Praise God. Amen. So we don't give a little more. We don't give a little less. We just all make sure it's always just right. Can you say amen? We don't want to add to. We don't want to take away. We want to make sure it's just right. Can you say amen? 
I'm going all in, I'm going with him, I'm going all in, gonna step out and step in, we're gonna go all in, flowing with him, if we miss it we'll repent, we'll stick with it till we get it, we're going all in, stepping out and stepping in. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We love you, Father. We bless you, Father. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. We thank you, Father. It's a new day. It's a new season. Come on now. The past is the past. God doesn't even remember it. That door is closed. When, when God closes that door, it's closed permanently, permanently. So therefore, the future is bright. The future, it's just like you started all over again. Yep, yep, just like you started all over again. New, afresh, fresh, fresh oil, fresh Fresh wind, fresh fire. Ma ka so ha, yeah, ro ka ji da ra, munda kita basa. Brighter and brighter, the light is brighter and brighter and brighter to the noonday. Brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Oh, oh, let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Oh, yeah, let the Lord have his way and his enemies be scattered. Let the Lord have his way in your life and all your enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus. Won't miss it, won't miss it, won't miss it, won't miss it. Not gonna miss it. <laughs> Uh, time is short. Time is too short. Time too short. Time too short to miss it. Time too short. Time. Recognize. Recognize the cycle. Recognize it. Recognize it. Recognize it. And then prevent it. Stop it. Stop it. Recognize the cycle. Then stop it. Not going to go down that path. Not going to make that decision. Not going to keep going round and round. Round and round the mountain. No more. No more. Straight and narrow path. Straight and narrow path. No longer on the crooked path. Straight and narrow. On the straight and narrow. Because he's making the crooked path straight. Crooked paths are being made straight. Clear vision. You'll see it. You know where to go. You know what to do. Won't be lost. No wilderness experiences. No lost. I'm out, I'm out in the wilderness. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, I'm in the wilderness. Nope, nope, nope. Got to. Got point A, got point B, got point C, all the way to point Z. Straight and narrow, yeah, straight and narrow, walking on that path. Fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling your calling, fulfilling it, no matter what. No matter what comes your way, no matter what doesn't come your way. Hallelujah, on the path, keep on going forward, no matter what. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> new day, new season, new chapter page has turned. Hey Amen. Door closed. Mm, not going that direction anymore. Door's been closed. Door's been closed. Not going to get lost. Not going to end up on the spiritual junk heap. Not going to listen to the, the lies of the devil any longer. Amen. Telling me that I'm not called and that you'll never be that place ever again. And oh yeah, you know, and that's, just a bunch of, that's a bunch of hooey. That's a bunch of hooey. It's about a blowhard. That's what he is. Big blowhard trying to boast himself above the throne of God. Not going to happen. Mm -mm. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Nope. New day. New season. New hour. New chapter. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Good words? Yes. Amen? Amen? Well, come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. Thank you, Lord. Have a powerful week this week if you would. Pray for me in the next couple of days. I'll be back on Thursday. I don't want a phone call unless you're dying. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> That's the only time I get a phone call from you. I'm dying, Pastor. I'm dying. Oh, and then I'll send Marie. Praise God. Amen. And then when I get back, we'll do your funeral. Praise God. It's one or the other. Do your funeral or raise you from the dead. Either one or the other. Praise God. Amen. We'll come raise you from the dead. Praise God. Amen. So don't die on me while I'm gone. Praise God. Because I'm not coming back until I'm finished with the meeting. Right? I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm only kidding. You know, you'll be in heaven anyway. If I raise you from the dead, you might get mad at me and leave the church. Praise God. Amen. Like you're over in, you're over in heaven. You're over in glory land. And I, and I call you back. I call you, I call you back, you know. And you're like, Pastor, what are you doing? No, we just go, you know, we raise the dead. I don't care. I was over in the, I was in my mansion sitting in my lazy boy chair. And all of a sudden I felt sucking motion down. And I fell through the floor. And I went through this tunnel. And now I'm here. Are you kidding me? My mortgage is due tomorrow. And I don't have any money to pay it. How dare you raise me from the dead? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I love you with all my heart. Y'all are awesome. Be blessed. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.